You're listening to Beyond the Melody, a podcast that dives into the midst of musicians, artists, comedians, writers, and pretty much anyone who craves to be creative. My name is Brian Mello, and I'm a singer-songwriter from Hamilton, Ontario. I know how unforgiving an artist's journey can be, but I also know that inspiration can come from just about anywhere. I'm sitting down with people who know how to dream big. Let's explore their impact and how it's even bigger. Hey guys, welcome to Beyond the Melody. My name's Brian Mello. This is the first ever podcast I've done, and I'm doing it with two great friends today, Carmelioto, Adrian Fidanza. Welcome, guys. How you guys doing? Good, man. Good. Can't complain. Awesome, man. Uh, it's suiting that you guys are my first ever guests, have it being that I'm actually doing the podcast at Studio 410, which is what you guys have built for the last 20 years. You have rehearsal spaces here, uh, incredible studios. Uh, I do my music mentoring out of here. And the one thing I want to know right off the bat is how did you guys guys dive into this because you know 20 years ago it started with the classic studio in the back and now it's just expanded into what it is today was that just like a simple conversation or did you always know you wanted it to become what it is today yeah well, it was pretty easy going because we were just kids you know having some jam sessions back in the day and it got to a point at some area and then where it was like hey age you want to do you want to do something a little more with the space? Do you want yeah. to get creative? And um, we both had some some recording equipment that you know we I had in my my bedroom studio and yeah you know, we, it, we had the same stuff. It's like well we'll just pull it together and we actually ended up selling some of the stuff. I think what we did was we put our uh, your shitty mixer and my shitty mixer <laughs> sold them and bought a shitty mixer to start a studio uh, with. At least well, you're in it together nicer, at that point. Mixer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. So it was it was a pretty innocent start. I mean, it was it was kind of we both wanted to go to uh, recording arts. Uh, program together at the time. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you ended up going, and I. I ended up going, and uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah. I mean, well, we we opened up the studio in two thousand two, yeah. and uh, it was geez. a plan just to like do your music, or you were always set on bringing no, we, in new we, acts. We, we wanted to start a clients. business. Yeah, yeah. We, wanted we wanted to to, to record other bands and yeah and we were already messing around in that space with recording equipment for a couple of years prior yeah. to it wasn't just like hey like let's take money from people we don't know what the hell we're doing you know what i mean yeah. like yeah. granted we were young yeah, we, we were we new tested on it. ourselves first you know yeah, yeah. and, and then was, you tested it on me i was yeah. one of the first yeah, exactly. <laughs> i was one of the first bands exactly yeah, yeah which is, is is crazy how full circle it's become you know 20 years later yeah here we are still great friends and now i'm actually working out of studio 410 as well, well it's great to have uh, you on site all the time too Brian, yeah you know having your own space here at the studio is great because it's like we always make that joke about like that Seinfeld stuff. It's like, oh, I, I'm I'm Kramer now. I, I I walk into your studio. You got George, which you were hesitant to be, be George. You got Jerry. But my, my role doesn't really matter. Like, Kramer and George are like the two superstars. Yeah, I know, man. No, but it really is great. You know, being in the middle of a session or whatever. And, and Four Tens always had that open door kind of policy. For and sure. Who works with us here kind of knows like people might pop in and come in for a coffee or whatnot. Yeah. And you know, like well, that that's the thing thing that I love about it you know and I'm not not just because you guys are my boys but it's the heart that you guys put in like you know I've been in other studios I've been lucky enough to, to try different studios and there's there's some great ones out there but uh, the heart and attention that you guys put put forth to your clients and to your artists are second to none and I, I think sometimes that's a that's a, a loss uh, that's a lost trade or lost art because it's like you get so caught up in the business side of things yeah. that you forget about the experience for the artist and that's something sure. that you guys take a lot of pride in and I think that's really and this is just my own opinion I think that's what's 
helped with the longevity, you know, because the people that do experience working at 410, they keep on coming back, right? Yeah, I think it's important that you build, create rapport with people. And it obviously services one thing and keeping people happy or whatnot is, is an obvious great business trait. But having that kind of character that, uh, you know, it, it's the relationships you build. Yeah. Right? Where people actually, like, they trust you. you. You are a true friend of them. Obviously, they're paying you for service, but that's not the end, be all end all of why, why you're interacting. Yeah. You know, and uh, there's a lot of amazing studios in Hamilton alone mm-hmm. that, that we've admired prior to doing what we're doing now that you know like are kind of been like studios we looked up to like sure. we'd love to be on that level of service and even and some current ones that are you know came even after us yeah like, there's, absolutely there's a lot of, of yeah like a lot of great businesses Karen out at there uh, Jucasso out there is a great friend of ours and they do great work there I mean yeah. I guess at the end of the day with regards to um, musicianship and, and studios it's all about where you find comfort and where you find that you work your best and it's always great to move around like we've had some people that come to us and they've they're at other studios too and it's you know like you just you take it for what it's worth and, and you you have to gain those experiences wherever, yeah. wherever you go. Like my first experience in the studio was with Carl Jennings, you know, uh, at uh, Westmoreland, you know, yeah. and, uh, Honestly, like that was like my first studio experience and it was a great studio experience for me and Carl's, you know, a magician. And, uh, yeah. uh, so, um, that was a very early on kind of mentorship for me Yeah. to be like, I want to do what this dude's doing. You know what I mean? And have that impact on people. Cause it was a great experience for me. Carl so, was my, uh, my first ever vocal lesson was from Carl. Yeah, he, same. Yeah. Mine too. Same. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah. There you go. Yeah, man. Yeah, so, I, you know, like you said, uh, you know, it comes down to that connectivity and, that, and those things. And I never forget those times where I started, yeah, man. you know, uh, my first experiences. And to be able to, to have somebody feel that way about me in the room, um, you know, be like, oh, you know, like like you mentioned that to me. And I, I'm very humbled about that. Like your yeah. first experiences being at the studio was with me behind the board. <laughs> yeah, man. And, uh, you know, like that's that's great stuff. That's what that's what makes the world go around for me. I and mean, blew like, my mind, dude. I, I just remember like putting the cans on. <clears throat> hearing yeah. my voice back for the first time, looking through the glass. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I can almost like, like, like smell the smells in the room. You know what I mean? Which are, weren't always great. <laughs> you Yeah. And, and you I saying think- a, a great take, like all those little things as an artist growing up, like is fucking huge, you know? So like, I, I mean, I just took so much away from that. It was, it was that fire starter that I needed. I got to right? tell one funny story while we're on this topic <laughs> because before you were in the band, Danny Diaz. When Danny was, was singing, do you remember when Paul was recording drum tracks? And at the time, we didn't have air conditioning, <laughs> so, like we had nothing, right? Like we had like a few mics and a, and a, and a mixer and a, and a Pro Tools rig that was like an LE and one. We had to keep I the think. door open most of the time. So, yeah. so this poor guy's trying to drum. Not only is he sweating, he's full of flies. Eh? He's trying to bat these flies off of him while he's trying to get these drum tracks out. He's like, man, I can't get it taken. These flies are killing me. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like these blue trousers hanging from the ceiling everywhere. Oh, Talk man. about humble beginnings, right? Yeah. Like it, looking back towards the blue, the blue trap. Like, <laughs> Twenty-one years That's old, and the last thing I thought about was the comfort of my client. You know, like the musician. Well, there was just no like, budget for comfort. Yeah, like, but like, we didn't. Everything get... was spent on the the crappy board and the the sound. You know. Yeah, but we were all learning together, which was such a cool experience. Yeah, like sure. you as a producer, us as, as young artists. And, uh, that, that was, that was incredible. That was just like five-star treatment for us walking in there. Like we didn't know anything. We were it so was, proud it, of that. I mean, looking back on it now, we make jokes about it being what it was, but you, you know, you grow through your times, but for us, it was like, yeah, we had like the vocal booth, we had the control room, we yeah. had the library, the little sitting room and it was, it was, it was, us, it was, it was as, as real as it could be, yeah, you know? Like, yeah. could have gone at that point. So we were proud of it then. And I'm still proud 
proud of it now looking back on it we did the best work that we could yeah. um, you know with what we had and and I think that's always been kind of the evolution of the 410 is that you know even looking back on those times it it always was that uh, lucky for me um, I was able to work through you know some of my I don't know how to explain it like the gear I outgrew the gear you know what I'm saying yeah. like where I was working with stuff that I couldn't get what I wanted out of it so we would upgrade our upgrades were again very humble upgrades but we were always evolving like we always talked about you know you, you had mentioned that the, the the new setup we just finished and how impressive you felt it was and yeah, we're so excited for it to get there but you know those little steps along the way you know is is what really evaluates your growth totally and that's the thing you know like it's funny like doing the mentoring that I do with some of these students they they want to skip some of those steps yeah. of their process yeah. and you know I know hindsight is 2020 vision but you realize as you get older how important the the failures are how important going through each of those steps are to build your development right well I, yeah and it's I think it's great though but what you're also providing or what we could provide from a, from a recording standpoint yeah. is you still want to get those growing pains in there but it's very important that like to understand that you know, people like us in our positions or in your position are able to help them get through that quicker. Yeah. Whereas sometimes you didn't have someone to turn to all the time. I think, I think what's valuable here is you can help them fail, but, uh, also succeed at the same time and, and sort of give them a, a sort of a faster, yeah. uh, ends to a means to an end. And, you know what I'm and just like, having a stronger foundation, exactly, you know, to build exactly. off. You, you've, you've done a lot, you have a lot of experience and you're able to sort of help them through some of those yeah. tough spots. But yeah, there's no skipping any of this stuff. I don't think, you know, in the end. Totally, man. Yeah. And I think the great thing is too, and it's just naturally happened where like some of the artists that I'm working with and, you know, we're writing these great songs and now you have the studio that's just, you know, yeah. I could throw a rock at, yeah. you know, it's just outside my door here and they're able to step into a state of the art studio right away and have these songs come to life, yeah. which is just a, you, you can't put a value on that. Yeah. You well, know, and, when you're and, an artist. You know, the, the excitement for us is, is equal. Like no, you know, yeah. Yeah. being able to work with new people and, uh, just seeing their excitement and, you know, like I, I'm so, so passionate about what I do at the studio and, and yeah. whether it's co-writing or whether it's just being an engineer or whatever it may be, I love it all so much that, you know, whatever space you find, you yeah. know, work in or, or an opportunity in it's it's fulfilling right absolutely See, i think something that's been really important for us too is like what you said your your first experience with us you felt like you were treated a certain way or whatnot yeah, and i feel like one thing we've always that we always talk about you know carm and i like when it's just the two of us and we're, we're we, we will talk about business or we'll talk about just things around the business and the one thing we always say is like those humble beginnings or, or those first experiences for our, our, some of our artists at the beginning, like we do not, one thing we try to do is not change the way we, we approach projects. Mm. And I feel like we still provide the same sort of comfort and sort of, uh, easing into such a, what could be for some people, uh, like a, maybe a scary space or, mm -hmm. or something yeah. out of their comfort zone. For sure. And I feel like we still provide a service where, and I'm not saying other businesses don't, but we still provide a service for you to speak for, our, for ourselves is that we still provide a service where people can come in and just have a great first experience. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that's the, the funny thing about, you know, being in business and, the, you know, there's there's also some businesses that are competitive. But for us, like Adrian and I, like we, other than admiring other, 
work around us, like we never sized ourselves up to anything other than our own work. You know, mm-hmm. what we, our last project was our best project or wasn't it? Where, where can we grow from there? And how do you make sure that, you know, everybody's we've luckily we haven't had anybody unhappy with their work, which is fantastic. Yeah. But there's stuff that I think I would have I would do differently growing from it. You know, of not course. that it was bad work or anything, but just you learn as you go, even from like simple things as mic placement right to, uh, you know, like, what did I eat that day and how did I feel? You know the I energy mean? that I, I brought did I, work out, did yeah. I work out that morning when I got to the studio? How was my production right. that day? Like, in personal stuff outside of just what you do, how you do I it. I find that, know? too. Like, even in, in, like, what I do, like... It's, it's not that that ever stops even when you start to learn it's like it almost just gets more detailed you know and, and you just sort of hyper focus on those little things because you realize the little things are the big things in the end you know what I mean Yeah. speaking sure. of little things though you guys you guys it's not a little thing but you guys have invested and put so much detail in where the studio's heading for the future which is super exciting Very and exciting. I can't wait for the public to see what you guys have been up yeah. to these last few weeks um, but you know we're going through COVID we're going through uh you know, uh, this like turbulent sort of time in the industry, what, what gave you guys the, the motivation and inspiration to take that leap now and bet on yourself to, to reinvest in an industry that, you know, sometimes it can be, like I said, a little turbulent, but, but do you guys see kind of a light at the end of the tunnel, you know, moving forward? I, I think a lot of it was just, just seeing like we, we, I think we get into these like five year or seven year runs where we kind of reinvent ourselves and whatnot and and it's actually like covid came at a time where we were at you know fifth or sixth year of since we last did sort of some big work to the studio and i I felt like we had a good discussion about the downtime being the right time now to go into the next level and and if things did open up you know which they should open up eventually yeah when things do decide to open up we'll be ready with a new look a new you know sort of a new a look new look and much more than a new look i mean like the the renovations like yes it looks gorgeous i'm so so happy and pleased with what we've done yeah. cosmetically but even just you know the the upgrades of equipment that we've got yeah. going on the, the recapping of the neve you know like your field monitors just um, all, all around it's it's a it's a refreshing um, atmosphere and a more professional atmosphere again yeah. you know what i mean which is you know which is a great feeling because you know let's face it it, it just takes money man and it, you have to be able to say you know what either we stay where we are and hope for the best or go get a bank loan take a risk we've already lost 40 50,000 60,000 dollars this year from covid, COVID yeah like mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, what, what do you do? Well, like, it, it's, you almost—I would assume—you guys hit that crossroad where it's like, are we in or are we out? You know, like well, let's some, make, some let's of make, us even just dive into the deep end, knowing the water's cold. But like, yeah, man. But you know, if you want to have a good time and go for a swim, you got to just sometimes just dive in, right? And yeah. I think a lot of it was just like, we'll just do it, you know, and we'll just do it. We'll let sort of you know it guide us where we where we have to go, and, and things did spiral out of control at cer- certain points of the of the rental where things like oh this has to be done now that has to be done now right. But I think we we were able to keep our heads straight and and do yeah. what we needed to do to get it to us. Like we we upgraded our PA system for our live shows, and there's no live shows right now. But yeah, I think we have a feeling we we use a local company Soundbox, and and yep. you know I, I, we also felt like it was job. part of part of it also is just also helping the community out like. The community helps us out, you know, by, yeah. by using our service and, and there's services we needed and upgrades we needed to do. And we've figured, okay, we'll shop local and get stuff done. You know, we have local people capping the board. We have, you know, yeah. a good friend, Tristan Bernardi, who's doing phenomenal electrical work on everything, you know, and we, we work on uh, stuff like Soundbox with the, with the PA system. And, you know, we bought some uh, speakers locally for near field monitors and That's stuff like awesome, that. Man. So 
I feel like a lot of it will just eventually, you know, come back to us too as well from a, you know, that uh, standpoint. Well, you know, at the it end of the day, if you're, if, if you're at a point where like right now for us with regards to what we budgeted to do and what, I mean, honestly, like we're kind of in a, I'm like, it's sort of like dreams coming true studio right now. Like for me and, and I know for Adrian too, I mean, like you do what you can as you can, you know, yeah. getting the need for us in 2014 and putting it to work in 2016, like that two years of growth, like that was like, you know, the biggest yeah. head exploding period of our lives, having it you know, from that period, move forward to another level again. You know, it, it's not just about equipment again, or you know how how the room looks or everything, but it's how we grow with all that. You know, like and the organization of the room, how much more space there is now, how much more clean it is, how you know, and and the brand new PA system in there that is just like mind blowing, amazing. <laughs> Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so everywhere we turn, it's like, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Let's yeah. get to work. It you makes know what I mean? Sense. It's, it makes sense. That's, that's what it is. It makes sense. So I guess we'll find out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and at the end of the day, the risk is there. You know what I mean? Like we, we yeah. laugh, we can laugh and joke about it now, but there were some pretty scary weeks there where it's like, yeah, man, like, yeah, what's fuck, man, like, what's what's to me, here, like, man? that's like, what it's all about. Like you got to bet on yourself and you know, well, we like, were what, closed, man. And we were and the, and the bank account was just like, I know. Okay. We got this, we need this, oh, we need yeah. this. And I was like, dude, I'm like, <laughs> I know. We got to open up. We got, we're going to do something here, you know? And you, you get this, you, you know, you get this loan and you work at it and you figure it all out. But I mean, at the end of the day, that, it's not that easy, fear man. Is there, but you of know course. what, Brian? Like our our heart's always been in it from the start, and I think that the faith that we have. And I'm, you know, I'm 41 years old. I got another 30, 40 years of production in me, so we're not going anywhere. And that's yeah. the bottom line. And that's where Adrian was at. Like, well, buddy, like, what are we doing? We just did the last 20 years. Are we gonna? Yeah. Are we yeah. staying here, or are we are we gonna are we gonna do this? I mean, if you things know what I mean? go well, well, Studio 410 will be buy, buy, buying Karma's first Walker. At <laughs> yeah, right. I was trying to picture him at 80 years old coming down here. If I make it that far. Well, <laughs> you know what? The technology in 40 years, I got, got to be some good hearing aids by the time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Yeah, I know. It's, it's no, man, I, I applaud you guys for stepping into it. You know what I mean? There's a lot of people that, that can make decisions out of fear and, and let that run them their lives. And, and they don't have these dreams coming to fruition because of that. Well, hey, man, you know? like, relationships, I'm sorry to cut you off, but relationships no. are important, too. We were talking about our dynamic because Adrian presented this idea to me in the thick of, of COVID, you know, like, and I think it was like, we had talked about it a bit over the summer, but by September, October, he was kind of like starting to really get excited about some ideas and we got to talking and I, and I was pretty kind of like, I, I don't know, man, like maybe we should wait it out till next summer, maybe this, maybe that. And then I, I started thinking about it for about a week. Yeah. I, you know, I was ruminating all these ideas and, yeah. and the more I thought about it and the more I thought, well, what the hell? Like, yeah. what, or, or what this or what? Right. Like, you know what I mean? So I, I warmed up to the idea. But if it wasn't for his initiative yeah. in that, you know, I don't I, I think it would have happened when it did. too is part you know. of our uh, part of like the light at, at the end of the tunnel is like we're down now. And and, yeah. and the thing is, when, when we are in regular business, it's not like we're the busiest people on earth, but like the studio is pretty busy. Yeah. Man. So it's like, when are you going to do this? Exactly. And, and, you know, is next summer makes sense or is next summer like where we just don't say no to anybody? Because we're busy and people, things are open again yeah. and people have money to spend and it's like, hey, we're open for business. We're not doing renovate. Like we well, did them. Yeah. Done, and that, you know? and so, during these times, you have to make sure that you keep everything as safe as you can and that you can sanitize everything. You have people in coming in one, one day or the next. Like right now, we're not at that point. It's not super busy because yeah. literally we just opened and everything just opened in February. So we're kind of like kind of feeling out not only the, the whole new operation, but what's the safest way to do it. Sure. Making sure our rehearsal rooms are, you know, safe and, and cleaned and everything 
everything else. So that whole new business sense too is, is part of the operation that's over and above just worrying about how a place looks and, and that the gear is new and everything and else. we're fortunate too here because all our rooms open to this parking lot. Yeah, so yeah. Like, yeah. From, we're all from separate and, and, and all, yeah, so like it, it yeah. Really, really worked out it happened by accident. It's not like, oh, let's make everything separate ventilation and open to the parking lot because there's going to be a pandemic in five years. <laughs> yeah. None of that was planned. It just kind of fell into our laps in For that sure. sense, right? Um, but yeah, just like I'm pretty sure anybody in this room or watching this podcast is just like, let's get this behind us sooner than yeah, later. I hear you, man. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's, I think it's uh, important for everybody to you know, work hard at being safe. You know, I... We have a great relationship with a lot of our clientele here, including a lot of people who just use our spaces for rehearsals. And, you know, all very pleased with how we maintain things. And, and, and But I always exercise to them, too. Like, you know, it's your efforts and what you bring here, too, that help us out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you, wherever you're, whether you're going to a grocery store, whether you're going to uh, mm-hmm. wherever you go, if you're not practicing safe, you know, safe practices, however you want to say it, like, and, and not taking care, then, you know, who's 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 the... Who's winning here? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it can be counterproductive that way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's awesome. Uh, for you, Carm, too. Like, you know, this is a pod- podcast talking to different creatives. A little, a little. How <laughs> you doing? Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, but uh, how, how do you try? How do you, how do you try as a producer to to get the best out of your artist? Is it is it different from artist to artist? Or I think uh, it's by becoming friends. Like I mean, yeah. first and foremost, I mean, I, anytime I I get to uh, meet somebody on a new level and, and start getting into um, you know the idea of working with them in production, I just like to sit and talk a little bit about their lives and getting some getting rapport. get yeah getting a rapport going and yeah. and uh, at that point you kind of. Things just open up from there, and, and how people share their vulnerability, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. Because you know, I'm I'm not a shy person, but I'm also kind of like, you know, like until I'm really comfortable, I'm not super wide open either, yeah, right? Yeah. So I think that um, the important thing in the studio is that that trust, right? Yeah, man. Like yeah. people come in, art's very sensitive, and if it's a cover thing or whatever, even just the way people sing other people's music that you know what I mean like that idea that they they are maybe you know insecure about it or maybe they're super secure about it and they they want to prove to you that they've got this great thing going on and that's great too you know what I mean whatever whatever it is that makes people themselves yeah the most is the most important thing right yeah that's awesome man I mean it's it's always a starting point. I think from there, the evolution of relationships, like me being able to work on, and I have with many, many bands now looking back, done second records with, is always a great feeling because you know that they're pleased, but also it's like, oh, my boys are back. You know, like you have these great experiences together and you... You hit the ground running, definitely. Yeah, I've man. had that experience working with certain producers that you, uh, you you vibe with and when you can kind of get past that like first date sort of feeling yeah. and, you, and you jump in there and it's just like, I know your habits, you know my habits, we know how we work well together uh it's it's just your creativity level just yeah man yeah it's it's amazing it's amazing but i I gotta bring up a story i'm gonna pivot a little bit one of my favorite stories i want you to share is is your your trip to china oh boy uh and you were lucky enough to get an opportunity to go down to go to china to to you know do some music the two of you back what like you said 2004 something like that yeah but you you got to tell me about the story when you actually were <laughs> sick at the Great Wall because <laughs> that's a classic. That, 
how we got to China was the long and short of it is that there's this there was a there was a couple. She was the um, the, the main musician. Uh, she was like a star out there in Beijing, and her husband was a, a Hamiltonian Canadian guy, and uh, he approached a bunch of studios apparently, and we were one of them to do a mix of one of her songs because they wanted to export Chinese music and do American production and then re whatever like this get this business thing going. Yeah. So. I did the mix. They liked it. They chose it. So we ended up flying out to China for this business opportunity. Uh, we were 23, 24 years old. Yeah, about that. And, uh, you know. We're, when you were on the plane, were you like, what the fuck are we doing? doing? 100%. <laughs> right? Well, no, we pulled an all-nighter the night before, and it's like 24 hours to get there between the stopovers and everything. So Man. when we were on the plane, I think we were sleeping. But <laughs> <laughs> No, it was it was, it was, it was madness. I mean, uh, to be honest with you, you have to remember, like 2004, this is only a couple years after you opened the studio. We're talking about with the gear that we were using at the yeah. time. I was yeah. able to do pretty decent work yeah. with what I had. Sure. But like I was not recording on a Neve or we weren't using anything real deal. No yeah. upboard gear, no nothing. Not that you needed it, but just, you know, was that what they had you working on when you got there? Some of the studios we went to, they had like full Sony Music of China, but Beijing. Wow. This massive, crazy building with all these rooms. And I was like, so like, you know, they let us in the room, like, okay, we'll be working here today, you know, and I'm looking at all the gear and I'm like, I got to figure this shit out really fast and get on top of it because they got a guy flying in from Japan or something. From Japan to do drums for this track. So, you know, like, so Man, they their wanted budget the, must have been ridiculous. Least there, there's a lot of, there's a lot Tons of people of money. with money there. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So we, and I got paid too. Like it wasn't like I was just there to prove anything. Like they paid yeah. me for the session, you know, and they wanted to see my miking techniques and what I would choose from their extensive mic collection. And so oh, it so was, they, a, they actually kept their mics in an incubator. Like I worked in laboratories before, like incubators are where you keep oh, yeah. samples at, you know, 37 degrees or whatever. They actually had their mics, their tube mics in incubators. Wow. So when you pull them out, they're already like warm. Yeah. So you insane. have to wait for them to warm Whoa, up. That's amazing. It was pretty wow. wild. <laughs> We're like, okay. So it's it's we don't even have a fridge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Air conditioning. <laughs> we still need to get, I know. We still need to get curtains, man. <laughs> yeah. A door. A door would be good. I wouldn't say it was a fake it to you, man a situation but it felt pretty close to it you know yeah. it was like I ended up like obviously I, I knew what I was doing but it was like obviously on a grander level than I was used to is all but once I you know kind of sussed myself out gave myself an hour to get comfortable I, I was like kicking ass it was a great day yeah. and uh, they loved it they, we had a great day there but to get back to your story that was one of the many days I think we had three or four days in a couple different studios but that day <laughs> it was like a 10 hour day mix near the end of our, our trip so. it was close to the end yeah. So it was like 10, 10 o'clock. These guys were like, okay, we got a guy flying in from uh, Shanghai who wants to meet with you. He's a big, big producer. He wants, yeah. you know, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, I'm beat. Like, I'm, you know, yeah. we have to go meet the guy. Uh, you know, he's got to go to this dinner thing. I'm like, okay, well, let's, let's, let's get going, that kind of thing, right? So we go and uh, we, we, it's like a tapas kind of. Yeah, it was like a restaurant. One of, those, one of those lazy Susan things, and just yeah. food everywhere. Oh so, yeah, yeah. Okay. This guy's allergic to to fish, like so, like fish and eggs. I don't eat eggs either, so I don't know if it was raw eggs or something. I, he he was, seems to think he knows what I ate. I don't remember what I ate. I was I was so damn tired at, at that point in the in, in the trip in that day, but specifically within fifty. I tell you, what was it? Ten minutes. We got out of there. The meeting wasn't long. We got in the car. The driver was taking us back to the hotel, and I just like he's looking at me. He's like, "Man, you're right." And I'm like sweating. <laughs> this guy's like sweating. I'm like, "Why did I go?" It's like what he told me. It's I'm, cold. Yeah, you know, it's like same weather. Window we have wide here. open. Really? I'm trying yeah. to catch my breath, buddy. I had never been so sick in my life. 
to this very well, day. And then this guy just says, hey, let's let's go check out well, the Great Wall. He was going, the plan was we were going to go in the morning to the Great Wall. And he was like, he was basically doing me a solid and being like, buddy, if you don't come. We're not coming back. You're, you're never going to regret it you for know, your whole life. You know, it was a three hour drive to the to it too, right? Yeah. Like everything about it was a nightmare for me. But the the story that makes everybody laugh so much about it, who knows as well enough, is that when you got to the Great Wall, I could hardly even walk up the stand. And it's, it's so grand. I did what I could. Feeling sick. These guys were t- took off to we go went do on, their we went on a two-hour hike. We left Carm like sort of a third <laughs> way up the mountain. Good luck, buddy. And there's a lot of you know, there's a lot of people there that are you know like looking selling for a handout stuff, or yeah. selling stuff yeah. or whatever. And you know, but they cling on you, man. Like uh, it was like yeah. it was this. So I had this one lady who like, and I wasn't going anywhere because I had to wait for these guys. So I'm walking up a couple flights, coming back around, but she was just on me and just <laughs> oh not letting down. And I was like, you know, trying to keep my cool and be polite and stuff, but then she started getting like really nasty with me and like swearing at me like so yeah. after these guys finally She's get saying, back why are you so cheap why are yeah. you so cheap oh, <laughs> I asked him that the other day no I'm joking <laughs> I even gave her a couple bucks that was two the hours, thing two Anyways. hours I come down the mountain two hours later after taking all these pictures up on like, the great wall it's like really cool experience right and I knew so like let's get back down there let's go home like he's probably dying down there right I get back and he's he's frustrated he's like man we gotta go we gotta go and I'm like dude what's your problem like relax he goes this lady's just following me around she keeps saying buy a picture buy a picture he's like he's like I gave her a few bucks already. I don't want to buy any pictures right and sure enough I'm there two seconds later she was like she's like buy a picture buy a picture she she walked a half an hour back to the car with us are you serious I was laughing the whole way down and he was just like I think I have a picture do you have a picture I think if I if I get it send that I, here we go. It up. I think it's a picture of him like kind of with his head yeah. down if I remember correctly if you got it like, it's going him, on like, right now in mid- <laughs> oh, he's like in mid-sentence of like buy a picture and Carm's just like <laughs> just gave up I, I am I, I will say it. I was glad that Adrian made me go because he, he was right you know I would have regretted not going but man I was in no condition to be anywhere like man it was crazy. tough it was a tough goal but it was there was you know if you were there it would be it a lot great funnier yeah but man you had uh you had some wild experiences. I was I was checking out when you went to uh, Can- Canter in Delhi. Oh yeah, yeah, down in in Hollywood with yeah, uh, that's with where Guns and Roses. Uh, well, yeah, that's a pretty what, what, famous uh, diner, uh, uh, deli down in uh, in Hollywood, in Hollywood right? where where yeah the, the GNR guys used to hang out a lot back in the day. It's all yeah, what's what's the story with that? Like they just they used to just. It was just Gig like their there? local, yeah, their local hangout, right? Like they were in around that area. It's there, like local and, Tim Hortons. <laughs> yeah, they were just drinking booze and not coffee, like <laughs> yeah. Hamiltonians, right? Yeah. But um, yeah, John, John was uh, really eager about getting down to that place, and and uh, of course, it's novelty for us because we're both big GNR fans. But uh, we ended up booking a, uh, I think it was like an open mic session or something like that. But we went down there and spent. Like a wild. couple nights in and out of there, and it was a lot of fun, man. Like, man. yeah, like, yeah, like California has got such a, a cool thing going there, and it's like it's so caught Great in rock a different, history. It's right? so '80s, man. Like even still to this very day, like when I and you know oh seven when Ryan Boyko and I went down to, to Venice and, and played when I played the whiskey, whiskey that gig was the coolest thing I you know to date that I probably ever done in my life. Just the whole how it all happened and, and getting down there, but like that was like the most magic I would say musically that's ever happened to me like to this this moment I, my, my hair is still on my arm still stands like just thinking about that time and and, and that trip and like yeah. it was three weeks and like my life changed so much during that time really oh man like just that was well you the, actually you, you ended up uh 
doing a whole album because of that experience, right? Yeah, the Venice well, Sessions. The Venice right? Sessions, the Live How You Live, like inception of Live How You Live, because it was a solo album, right? Yeah. It originally started as a solo project that developed into, you know, actual solid members of, of the band, which was what my dream for it was. But yeah. at the time, the fields were breaking up. Uh, Mike was going to school in uh, Australia. Sure. You know, it wasn't we were breaking up, but like, it was no more, right? It was, sure. And I wanted to continue doing music. So, yeah. But uh, getting down to, to Hollywood and playing the whiskey, and, and there's something down there that's just. Yeah. It's just something else. I, I had a similar experience when I first moved to Nashville, and my first ever gig when I was down there with with uh, my old band Apollo's Crown was at the Bluebird Cafe. Mm-hmm. So this is where like all the greatest songwriters would go in, and it's literally a hole in the wall. And we're all standing in line because Monday they would have the open mic, and they do a lottery. So between like six oh, man, and man, nine o'clock, cool. you know, you put your you put your your hand in, and if they grab your name, then you you might make it that day. But even if it passed nine o'clock and, and your name's picked, if it's if it's late, you're, you're not going on. Yeah. So we, we were like number 32. We ended up picking our name. But by the looks of it, it was like, fuck, we're not going to be able to make the set. So there's some people from Kentucky that were there. Like they found out we were from Canada. So like, you know what? Go ahead. Go no ahead. Way. So we got on at like 845. Nice. And we're actually able to perform at Bluebird. But it's just, it's you have those iconic spots like Whiskey and Bluebird that just like, they have a life within themselves. Yeah, I, got, I got cut know? off in Nashville at uh, karaoke. I picked the last <laughs> song. I got, no, man. <laughs> I was so close. <laughs> What's your karaoke jam? Uh, I think Kappa Fairy took the last spot. <laughs> Roadhouse Blues, <laughs> Very, yeah. Oh, very, man. He took my spot. That's I still great. have the video, Mark. <laughs> yeah. You know, one thing I wanted to pivot to uh, before before we go is, is Carm, you've you've gone to some pretty cool venues, like from like the Canter and Deli where like Guns N' Roses, that used to be their old stomping grounds, yeah. to Whiskey A Go-Go, which was, I mean, it's legendary. Yeah. You, sure. got to, you got to play at Whiskey A Go-Go? I did, yeah. It was a pretty funny story. Uh, how it all happened was uh, I was writing, I was working on a solo record at the time, and I had a couple things on MySpace. And, uh, MySpace? And Boyko and I were talking MySpace. about getting down to California. He's like, why don't you just call the whiskey? Like, just call. <laughs> really? See if you can You play just cold there. called them? That was it? Literally. I was like, buddy, I'm like, why would I do that? Like, why would they hire, you know what I mean? Like, just, just call. Hang up the phone, find the number, and call. So I did. That's exactly what happened. And I called down and I ended up getting through to the booking agent. And uh, she was asking me a bit about my, my name and you know where I'm at, blah, blah, blah. And we're, you know, kind of just shooting the shit back and forth. And she's like, Oh, this is this is great. And I'm like, So I'm on your MySpace right now, listening to your music. She's like, So when did you want to book? MySpace. And I'm like, That's crazy. What? I'm like, wow. it was funniest story. It was like super amateur. I'm like, uh, can I call you back? Like, I, I didn't even expect this you, you to happen, me. Right? I didn't know I, like, I called Boyko back. I was like, man, we got the gig. We got the gig, right? So I literally I called back and I uh, booked the gig. It was June 17th, 2007. I'll never forget that. And uh, we flew down wow, there. Man. I played that show. I ended up getting another show from it. And then, uh, not the show elsewhere, but the the, the second gig at the Whiskey. And uh, opened up for a few bands as a solo artist, which was like, you know, That's the coolest wild, experience man. of my life. But yeah, yeah, just you know so much hype down there and very cool energy like you know that that experience changed my life like even in what way what way would you well say? just the inspiration that i got from uh that travel and that um it was like being in and around ghosts like uh, there's something about there's a song that energy that. you know like it was just like it was just you know just way above me and I, I knew it and uh, I wrote a lot of music down there I ended up you know the inception of Live How You Live started from that trip and uh, you know of course so much happened with Live How You Live we were we had you know 
a great run. And yeah, man, it just, it was, when I look back at that time, you know, I feel like it was a minute ago and, uh, I was like, I still get like the hair on my arm stands up thinking about it. Just I get the same, oh, man. that vibe, those feelings like that. I can't explain it. And it's, uh, you're, you know, you're blessed to get those things. I was lucky to have it. Um, did you live in the moment? Like when, like, did you, did, did you give leave. yourself, I didn't want to leave. I was down there. But we when you were like, like say on stage at whiskey, like, Absolutely. like I was did you, so you were well aware of what the hell's happening? Oh right yeah, now. man. I was like, I was in my glory here. Absolutely. And like, you know, leaving that gig and going and hanging out and we ended up getting a really great hotel, uh, right downtown Hollywood, West Hollywood that night too. We partied our asses <laughs> off. It's just, yeah, so many great memories, man. Like being in oh, uh, it, Venice Beach is amazing. It's such a, a magical place, man. I mean, I don't know what to say. So yeah, I, you're right. Yeah, those yeah, places man. really did. Uh, and Morley and I got to play Cantor's Deli together when we went down there um, 2017, um, more, you know, 10 years later, geez. And uh, yeah, it's, that's, it's a, it's a great place to be. I'd love to get back to Cali. I yeah, really man. would. For sure. Yeah, I had a few experiences like that when I was living in Nashville. I was just going like, to say Nashville must have done that for you, right? Like, it, yeah, it was, man. Like the first gig that I ever did with with my, my old band, Apollo's Crown, was at the Bluebird, you know, where all these incredible writers went there. And, and then being able to actually record our album at Grand Victor Studios. I mean, this is where Dolly amazing. Parton uh, recorded Jolene and where the, oh, the Stones recorded, uh, where the strings were played for... Uh, superstition for uh, wow. not superstitious uh, superstitious for uh, Elvis Presley nice. and then you know Stapleton all, all these guys yeah. are still using it to this day and when I was down there Ben Folds was like leasing the place so we were able to use all his keys and all his pianos and stuff it was amazing it was just like pinch me moments you yeah. know that mm. that uh, that you you never those milestones that you you hope to experience as an artist mm-hmm. you know um, but yeah you, you learn you learn from all these mentors that uh, that you listen to growing up and it's definitely one question I want to ask you guys especially with the podcast being called beyond the melody i want to know i'll ask you first adrian is is there a song i'm putting you on the spot a little bit but a song or an album that that really had a profound effect on your life growing up oh, there's, and there's, saying i want to i want to know your answer so too, there's so many it's hard yeah, i know it's tough but, I, I feel I, I've one thing i can say is like i feel like there's song and album like if something comes on the radio like i could just think now like you know i'm, I'm always been a pretty big tragic hip fan like yeah the trouble of the hen house comes on and uh, you know that album comes on and i'm like 17 years old if i'm driving like in you know and one of those songs come on like flamenco or don't wake dad or whatever it's on and i'm just like okay i'm going to the beach strip you know with uh (laughs) my buddies right yeah and those were the songs that were playing on the way there right or or like i first got a car like navi like the album like oh yeah man yeah you can you can just have like certain moments in time that just sort of the smell of the air and the what you saw and what you were wearing yeah wow. you know just just all of a sudden like as soon as that gets on you're like oh i'm there yeah like there's there's a moment in time it, you, i can listen to la bamba and i could be eight years old and watching the I movie on, i was on stage at my cousin's wedding singing it you know like <laughs> i don't know like just but those moments do happen like there's no specific song or melody that like i can say that it's like the change one. my life is the one yeah, yeah there's yeah. many ones thing. that just kind of just bring me to I would attest the same I mean like when I think about that question I think about being young um I don't think I think about being 17 and 18 and like older you know I think about like sort of the like you know when I first got a guitar and started listening to 
you know, the first CDs I ever, the first CDs I ever had uh, were, uh, are you experienced? Uh, fitting, I'm actually wearing a oh. shirt, hilarious. <laughs> um, uh, Appetite for Destruction, Guns N' Roses, and Nirvana, Nevermind. So those were the first three CDs that I ever had. Oh, sorry, and Bob Marley, uh, Legends. And um, when I think about a song like uh, Angel, Angel, come down from heaven. Uh, like yeah, when I think about that time. song, I think about being 12 in my room with my guitar that I didn't know how to play. And I, yeah. you know what I mean? It's like, so true, man. So that for me, you know, and that has nothing to do with a success story. That's just a moment of, of like musical, in, 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 like overwhelmment. You know what I mean? Where I just yeah. like, what am I listening to? What am I hearing? You know, like, so. It's, and music is a time machine, man. It really is. Like one of the most fascinating conversations that I ever had was with an astronaut and I remember I'm standing I guess so. yeah right yeah and we were doing we were doing something for like the around the bay race here in Hamilton yeah. and and he was one of like the special guests and him and I were standing and I felt I'm like dude I write songs you're you're you're, you're floating out in space yeah. like yeah. like I'm not worthy right and he goes you know what man he goes but the thing with you know what music does for people he goes it transcends time he goes I could be floating in space and I hear wonderful tonight and it brings me yeah. to my first dance with my wife that's crazy you know and, and it hit me I was like this guy is not even on earth and he's <laughs> it, you know, he's just he's just floating in space Traveling and like music can, miles per hour can, and, you know. it's like t- time travel yeah, yeah you know so you guys nailed it on the head there uh, but before we wrap this up I'm gonna have a little fun with you guys I'm Uh-oh. gonna put you on the spot what's going on here I'm gonna put you on the spot I'm gonna do uh, a little rapid questions with you guys oh, alright quickly I think Great. you'll be able to answer these guys quick and I, for the most part, I think. Is it the same? Are we answering? How are we doing this? Just quick. I'm going to say it. You say your answer. You say your answer. Say, okay. You, you'll, One, two, you'll figure two. it out really okay. quickly. All right. Led Zeppelin or the Beatles? Zeppelin. <sighs> you got to pick something. Zeppelin. Fender or Gibson? Gibson. Gibson. Most memorable concert you've been to? Adrian, you can start first. Jeez. Most memorable. I've forgotten most of them. <laughs> uh, I would say the first one that comes to mind, I wouldn't say that it's the be-all and all, but it was uh, Stone Temple Pilots and Chili Peppers, and uh, SCP came out first. It was a sunny day outside, and it was one of the most kick-ass performances I've ever seen in my life. Killer. I thought you were going to say Pearl Jam in Chicago, but... Well, I'll be honest with you, like, there's there's too many. There's that was too... the first one that just... Gotcha. There's, man, I've, been, I've seen Pearl Jam more times than I've... That's true. That's true. Not that they're my favorite band, but I think the Killers in, uh, at the amphitheater. It just blew my mind. They came out. They I, I didn't have any expectations for that concert because yeah. I wasn't really a Killers fan. And, and they just, killed it. Yeah, and, and they, <laughs> they killed it. <laughs> and I, I really like them now. And they're good. And yeah, I, I, they made me change my mind. But there's so many. There's awesome. So many. Yeah, yeah they're, that's a tough one. Goodfellas or The Godfather. Goodfellas. Oh, Goodfellas. Me. I guess just because it's. I just like to laugh. And yeah, watch. there's a lot in All there. Right. Yeah. You kind of answered this before, uh, Karm, but I'll ask again. First album you ever bought with your own money? The first album I ever bought with my own money was Extreme. It More was a, than words. And it was a tape cassette. That's nice. I can't remember. Man. Really? I can't because like, I think I just went to the... I just went to Sunrise or H. I would have never MB, thought of that. Like, so many damn times that I probably can't remember. I can't remember. I bought it from Music World. Music World. Myra's Mall. Man, I miss music stories and shit. Thank All right. Uh, yeah. Last show you binge watched? Um, that was, oh, geez, I'm forgetting the name now. It's uh, like the Western. Oh, 
Uh, Yellowstone? Yeah. Yellowstone. Yeah. I'm on this. Is it like, good? That's killer. Okay. I'm on this like weird superstar. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I went through it. At first, I was like, what? This show's terrible. And now I'm like just watching it and I just find myself laughing at the stupidest thing. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, favorite movie? Goodfellas. Goodfellas. <laughs> really yeah, is. mine too, man. I think I mine too. Love I love movie. Goodfellas. You know what I mean? Like the hoof. The hoof. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go get the papers. Get the papers. Yeah. And we could sit here for 10 hours. Right. Uh, what's one food you could never give up? Chicken wings. <laughs> that was the fastest answer. <laughs> Anybody who knows me knows me. Yeah. Longest standing running joke about uh, Yeah, man. I had like just crazy fast food. Burgers and fries kill me. Like I just weakness. Nice. Okay. What's a food that you hate? I don't know that I hate any foods. I'm uh Meatloaf. Meatloaf. Yeah, there's not. Just gets stuck in my teeth. Yeah, it's dry. It gets stuck I could live with that. I could live without yeah, meatloaf. I get stuck in my teeth. That's, that's <laughs> I to tell you. I don't eggs. Know. I, don't I like, hate you, eggs. You must love meatloaf. Is it second to chicken? I enjoy meatloaf, but again, it's meatloaf? not like <laughs> meatloaf. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know. I couldn't tell you what I what uh, I don't. I'll think about it. <laughs> I couldn't tell you what I. Hate. <laughs> what do I hate to eat? Uh, Whatever you ate in China, apparently. Yeah. Pig's yeah. <laughs> feet. Yeah. Uh, where would you visit? Sorry, where would you visit if you had the chance? Well, I, so recently I was just talking to Michaela about wanting to go to Greece. Greece? I'd like to go to Greece. Nice. And Croatia, too. Okay. That'd be cool. Spain. Spain? Yeah, nice. Looks like it's fun. The food's good. <laughs> tapas? I like tapas. Yeah. <laughs> Biggest pet peeve? Lateness. Lateness? Yeah, it's not my biggest, but... It's there. Yeah. I'm always late. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I, have, I have a few. Yeah? What, what, give me one that comes to mind. Um, I don't know. I just think... I, I don't, don't really have one that strikes me, but... There's nice. a few. If I can think about it, I'll, I'll blurt it out. I, I can't. I don't have one off the top. Adrian's very zen. <laughs> very zen. Nothing bothers him. Uh, okay, the, get a little deeper here. So, something people often get wrong about you. Jeez. Oh, jeez, yeah. I have no idea. Uh, maybe that I'm always really confident or comfortable because I perform all the time that it's uh, like I, I hear you there yeah. I, I know I, I sense sometimes people think like oh you got it all together it's like well no yeah <laughs> not always yeah, no, I just I've had yeah. people always be like oh you know what you like ask me about that ideal but there's some days where I yeah I know you don't always have that thing you know what I mean of like, course yeah. that's, that's, a good, that. that's a good one same thing too just like just it always seems like wherever you go you talk to people like oh you you know this all the time like you know what to do here it's like oh no I don't really always know what to do gotta or, work at it yeah or yeah like back in the day like my parents you know my dad or something get on, get on the stage go play and sing and like okay does this mean everywhere we go I gotta go up there like, <laughs> yeah. be, the, be the, the song and dance guy you know yeah right on okay last two worst piece of advice ever given to you uh worst piece of advice ever given to me geez don't go swimming on a full stomach. I just want to go swimming. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to go swimming. Yeah. Why I gotta wait? I That's cramps, a great I'll get one. Out of the pool. I love that That's one. That's a big deal. <laughs> and that was bullshit too, man. All my buddies would go swimming all the time. My mom would yeah, be hovering around me. No, yeah. go swimming. Yeah, yeah. Before said go swimming, just don't go in the deep end for a few minutes. Yeah. Just make sure you're safe. Take it easy. You might get a little gassy, but <laughs> <laughs> that's a great question. I, 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 I would, I'd have to sit and think about that. Yeah, I, I know some of these are tough, but yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, last one. 
I think give me an answer on this one. Okay. I'm going to be texting you later. Okay. So I got <laughs> yeah. uh, best piece of advice ever given to you that you that feel it's really impacted your life. could be something simple. Take chances. Take chances. Nice. Respect others and as, as you would want to be respected. Love it. And listen awesome. to people. Yeah. All right, man. Well, with that said, Carm, Adrian, Thank you guys so much for coming in, being the uh, first ever guests, and uh, this will be the first of many. So Lots of great things ready. coming. He's doing a lot of great work. Right. I'm proud yeah, of you. Super and excited, man. I'm super thanks. excited for the future of everything. So. Yeah, same, man. I'm glad I'm doing it alongside you guys. So, Cheers. Guys, look out for uh, Studio 410. they got a lot of big things happening here. Uh, if you're looking to record, if uh, you're looking to rehearse anything, this is the place to be here in Hamilton, so reach thanks, out Brian. to them. Awesome. All right. Cheers, guys. Peace.